paid 260 euros for a pair of Crocs, man. Those shoes pretty much broke my foot. It's only going downhill from here. What up, guys? This is Josh. And this is Fobbs. And this is the Kickback Pod. And we are back. Yet another episode of the Kickback Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Dominic. I'm here with my man, Fobbs. And we are excited to get into this episode. Of course, Fobbs, you were about to say something. Double digits, man. I mean, you know, last uh, last week or two weeks ago was number 10. Now we're in firmly in double digits with number 11. So I'm, I'm just I'm just happy to be here, man. Yeah, yeah me too, man. I, I, although I will say like I didn't come into the pod today in a good mood. I'm still kind of uh, recovering from yesterday's game. Uh, I know like uh, we do have some football fans who listen to the podcast. You guys know my team, Portugal, got knocked out yesterday by Belgium. I, I, I still can't believe that team, Portugal, with all of their amazing attacking players, couldn't score a single goal in this game. It was sad. It was embarrassing. And uh, yeah, man, I, I was hoping that they could repeat, you know, but pretty well, sad about the outcome. It, it, Ronaldo, after the game, he like he winked at Courtois and he was like, oh, you guys got lucky. The ball just didn't want to go in. And I think I don't want to say that Portugal played super well or played better than Belgium, but they he's right. The ball just didn't you guys hit the post. You had a couple of good headers. You had a you had a free kick that Courtois saved very well. I mean, it was just I think it was just unlucky in the end. You know, it wasn't. It wasn't like you guys got outplayed massively, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. Second half was all Portugal. There was there was so many, so many opportunities. Just not meant to be. It's sad. I mean, Ronaldo's 36 now. I don't know if he's going to be in the Euros. The next one, he'll be 39. I'm not sure he's going to be in that one. Like, But, but you never but know. It's if Ronaldo. Any, yeah, if anyone can, then it's Ronaldo. And the next one's in Germany, too. So that'd be pretty cool. Oh, the entire tournament is in Germany? Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. very cool. Very cool. That's really cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but tomorrow or today, depending on when you guys listen to the pod, that's the big game. We've circled on the calendar, of course, Europe, uh, not Europe, England versus Germany. Uh, yeah. Well, it's almost it's almost like it's Brexit versus Europe, you know? Like, Oh, it's, yeah, it's kind of. Like that. Why, why yeah. are they still in the Euro tournament, though? Like, the good question, right? Like, they should just be in their own thing with, like, Scotland well, and... <laughs> I mean, it's 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 EU, right, and Europe. But I think they, when they were leaving the EU or when they voted for it, I think at the same time they were thinking about making a home nations tournament, which would have been the UK and Ireland just doing like their own tournament every summer as like a kind of friendly <sighs> okay. tournament. And it was just like such funny timing because they were discussing this whilst they were discussing leaving the EU. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's probably one of the biggest fixtures in international football. Um, you I'm a little nervous. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I want, obviously I want and hope that Germany wins, but uh, I can easily see this being like one of those games where nothing goes right for Germany and England shithouse their way to a win or, you know, they, I don't know, they score a cheeky penalty or even they win in penalties. So I'm not very confident, but if I had to put money on it, I would say one nil Germany. I think. Yeah, I'm I'm betting on Germany too. Only because not because I think Germany is really good this year. I think it's mainly because it's England, you know? Like England in big tournaments, 
they just never seem to get it done. I know, like, you know, every big tournament, all their fans have that, like, slogan, like, it's coming home. Or is it, like, a song it's or something? It's coming home. It's a it's song, right? It's coming home. Yeah. yeah, you know, like, I, I believe in, you know, the whole power of manifestation. You know, like, the more you say something, the more likely it is to happen in real life. But I think they need to be a little bit more specific, you know, in that song. Because, like, <laughs> it's coming home. It can mean anything. Like, it could mean like the team bus that's carrying the whole team you know because that that's definitely seems to be coming home early like every big tournament oh so, definitely i mean they've only been at home right they've played all of their games uh at wembley in london uh oh, right. the next game the next game is at wembley again um they're actually the team that's traveled the least out of all teams oh so so, the, so uh, there you go they've already been home they've they're already home <laughs> it's already going home um <laughs> <laughs> no, but I I think it'll be it'll be a really intense game. Um, and I know in the in the past, you know, you know uh, what was it? 20, 2010, Germany played and won. I think it was was it four two or four one, and there was like the the Lampard goal that crossed the line, but they didn't call it. I mean, obviously that can't happen anymore with goal line technology. But um, there's a lot of a lot of history between the two uh, two countries, and it's definitely gonna be an interesting one tomorrow. <laughs> We can't wait for it uh, over on this pod for sure. Actually, just an amazing time it, right now if you're a sports fan. You know, NBA playoffs too, just absolutely amazing every single game. This might be the best playoffs, I think, in like recent memory. Like every yeah, game sure. going down to like the last minute, you know. I think all four teams, I mean, like could win. You know, like if they made the finals, I think there's no like absolute favorite, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's um, and it's always hero. been... Right. And it's always been like the West is going to win or, you know, like LeBron is going to win or Steph or whoever wins the, the Western Conference final. But it's pretty open this year, you know. So, um, I mean, if you're in Europe and you can stay up that late, then it's definitely a, a good one. Yeah, I'm thinking I'm hoping Chris Paul can take his first uh, NBA championship. I'm rooting for the Suns personally. Yeah, me too. I mean, uh, Booker would be cool to, for him to win as well. I mean, he's been a beast this playoff, so uh, he deserves it as well. All right. So, all right. You know what? We've been talking about sports too long. This is not a sports podcast. This is a sneaker podcast. So we're obviously going to get into latest pickups in this episode. And uh, this episode is mainly going to focus on collabs or we're going to be talking about if are there way too many collabs? What is a sneaker collab even worth nowadays? Uh, Fabian actually has an entire article about this that recently got published over at High Snobiety. Uh, so we're going to kind of expound on that article a little bit. And uh, we're also, of course, as usual, going to get into some big news. Uh, huge news coming out of Nike and Louis Vuitton. Unexpected Massive. collab there. Uh, we'll get into that. And of course, we'll finish off with the upcoming drops for the next two weeks. So let's start off with latest pickups. Uh, I think uh, I think this week actually is a first on the podcast because I think both of us picked up the exact same shoe this time. I was about to say we definitely <laughs> we definitely got the same pair um, from I the mean, same store too. Yeah, shout out, <laughs> shout out, Soulbox. Um, yeah, so I guess uh, you know people who follow us on Instagram will know, but both Josh and I we picked up the uh, Nike Air Jordan One Low Neutral Gray. Um, which in my opinion is really beautiful. I was actually surprised at how much I liked it, um, you know, because it is a very simple pair, very kind of muted colorway, but I love the, uh, the suede on the swoosh and the heel. I think that, uh, you know, elevates it a little bit and, you know, you pointed this out in your story as well. I think as far as, you know, 
Nike and Jordan quality goes, it's it's up there. Like the leather's really, really nice on these. Yeah, very, very impressed with the leather, especially compared to the high top version that dropped earlier this year. I just feel like <laughs> the leather on this low is just way nicer than the high top. And I'm actually thinking of selling my high top, to be honest. Because oh, like, yeah? Yeah, because I, I don't really feel the need to have both. And I, I just like this low top better. Uh, also, what I really like about this one, it's got like the OG cut to it. So um, like you'll notice the tongue is a lot shorter. Uh, and unlike, you know, most of the GR Jordan ones that get released nowadays, they have those really long tongues that I think look pretty weird. And uh, it's it's a little bit lower cut, too, than some of the other GR Jordan, uh, Jordan 1 lows. So it's got that nice OG cut. I love the leather, of course, super clean. Like it's one of those shoes, you know, it's just like yeah. an everyday goes with anything type of shoe. So very happy with the pickup. You can wear it with shorts. You can wear it with like long pants. You can wear it with like, you know, baggy jeans, something more slim fit. Um, what what I actually thought was cool was, um, you know, that the the same shoe dropped in 2014, I think it was uh, like also neutral gray Air Jordan mm-hmm. 1 low. But that one, the swoosh and the heel tab are uh, like smooth leather. They're not suede. So like for anyone who has like the OG pair, it's pretty nice to have like both because they're slightly different as well. And it shows, yeah. that, you know, I don't know, like the design has evolved a little bit, has changed a little bit, which is cool. It's like a yeah. nice little Easter egg. Yeah, the materials are different in that pair. And also like the swoosh was slightly bigger on that pair. It was it was more of that OG swoosh, whereas here we're getting a much more of the modern swoosh. Uh, which to be honest, I would have preferred the big swoosh, but I'm not mad. I'm, I'm honestly really, really loving the shoe. I think I'm going to get a lot of use out of it. So yeah, pretty happy me too. with that. What, the to- only thing, the only thing I don't like is, um, that I, I have like flat feet, so I need to wear insoles and you can't take the insoles out of these, you know, some shoes, they have the insole glued to the bottom and other uh-huh. shoes you can take the insole out. That's like the one thing where I'm like, ah, you know, like that annoys me slightly because then I can only wear them for a few hours before my feet hurt. Oh, so you always take the insole out of all your shoes. I have to, because I have like medical insoles. And, uh, if I don't wear those, then my feet will just be destroyed by the end of the day. And I'll, I'll like be limping. It hurts so much. Is, is there any shoe that you can wear while having the insole in and it's still comfortable, like new balance or something, maybe? Um, it's not really about the comfort. It's about the way that my foot sits because like Mm -hmm. the medical insole, like adjusts the way my foot sits on the footbed, basically, because my, my foot is shaped weird, basically, if like we want to skip all the medical terms. So really there's no shoe. Like I have to, I have to wear an insole with all shoes. I have like one sports insole and one, uh, regular everyday insole. Oh, okay. Cool. 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 Damn. So that really sucks that you can't take off the insole on this one. Yeah. Was there any other shoes you picked up? Mm, no, actually, that that was the only one in the last two weeks. And I mean, yeah, I don't think there was much that really caught my eye. What about you? I, I picked up the frags, the uh, fragment dunks, the high top. Ah, the, the... You, you were really liking those, right? I mean, it's a shoe I've kind of always wanted to cop, you know, like, uh, like I, I do really like dunk highs. And I know there's a like, you know, definitely seen a bit of a resurgence over the last couple of years. And I was very surprised. First of all, like I was kind of disappointed in the leather quality of this of this shoe. Like it's not as good as any of the dunk highs we had last year, like those Spartan greens and Michigans. And so the leather quality quality is is quite poor. But uh, the other thing that I was really uh, surprised by was just the lack of absolute lack of demand for the shoe. 
So yeah. the the shoe is pretty much on the resale market going for retail right now. And it was actually even sitting at a lot of stores, which really surprised me because like it's a fragment. You know what I mean? Like there is definitely some weight to that brand. And to like, like if you haven't already realized that dunk hype has kind of died, well, you got to look no further than this collab. I mean, a fragment dunk, uh, one of the most iconic probably dunks ever, like that city pack from 2010 with all, all the other fragment dunks, like that shoe retroing and for it to be a quote unquote brick on the resale market. Um, yeah, that's very, very surprising for me. And also a very good indicator that we're coming towards the end of this whole dunk hype cycle. Yeah, wasn't wasn't also like the the fragment Air Jordan three. I'm pretty sure that before that dropped, there wasn't that much hype either. But then mm-hmm. after it dropped, I think uh, resale prices picked up. If if I remember correctly, I'm pretty sure that like it it sold out, but it wasn't like a massive release. But maybe that was also because it dropped during a week where there were other bigger drops or something like that. I don't really remember, yeah. but I think there was there was something like that where then people only appreciated it after the fact you know and i think maybe that'll be the case with these dunks too because you know i'm, I'm personally not a huge fan of dunk highs uh, or high tops in general but um i have to admit it is a nice colorway it's kind of like that nice like plum black kind of combo um yeah definitely an underrated pair if you know if you're into those kinds of shoes yeah yeah uh but i'm pretty upset about the quality though i thought we would you know a fragment collab i was expecting better quality but at least i got it for retail so i'm not really that mad about it so yeah uh, i'm gonna hold on to it and travis scott has already been seen wearing it a couple times so now people are starting to get a bit more interesting interested in it i've already noticed actually resale prices crept up like 20 euros or so in every size after that happened so yeah, we'll see. I think the hype is going to come back eventually. Sure. But that's Speaking pretty much collapse. It. Oh, yeah, yeah. Speaking of collapse, that's pretty much it for the pickups. So we're going to get into collabs. Uh, I'm going to let Fabian definitely lead this segment because he did write a pretty awesome article. If you guys haven't already read it, it's over on High Snobody. And also another really cool thing about that article was the, the artwork. I thought was really dope like that that uh, combination of like many different brands. Like it looked like a New Balance Jordan 1 High slash Yeezy 990. <laughs> like it was it was pretty cool. Like a uh, good job to whoever did the artwork there. Um, but it's a really good article. I thought it brought up a lot of good points. So I'll let, I'll let Fabian talk more about it. Yeah, I mean, first of all, shout out to the graphics team uh, at High Snob, uh, Manus and the crew really knocked out of the park. I mean, um, you know, anyone who wants to, I'll, I'll post the link in the show notes and you can, you know, either just take a look at the images or also read the article. But um, the, the article is basically just me not really ranting, but kind of just expressing my opinion on how the, uh, how collaborations in my opinion have lost their value a little bit because, you know, collaboration in my opinion lies at the center of, you know, sneaker and streetwear culture, right? So you always, whether it's an official collaboration like brand X brand, or just a collaboration in the sense that people are working together on product, on design, on graphic design, on projects, on events, that kind of, on music, you know, like it's all collaboration and that's all like one big culture. And so collaboration is really, really important. And when collaborations in sneakers started, 
you know, it was massive. It was game changing. It wasn't, you know, uh, an athlete co-signing a shoe anymore. It was a brand like Stussy getting an exclusive colorway or, you know, more recently, you know, designers like Yoon An from Ambush getting her own dunk, uh, Sakai doing some, some great shoes with Nike. And, uh, back in the day, I would say like even, you know, three, four, five years ago, there were, there were big releases regularly, but it wasn't at such a clip as it is now. I feel like nowadays there's just an insane amount of releases and it's hard as a, as a, um, as a consumer to keep up with it all. Right. I mean, I'm, I'm sure you've noticed this as well, but like sometimes there's weeks where there's two, three, four pairs that you would like, but then, you know, for budget reasons, you have to choose one, maybe two, if, you know, if you have the cash flow. And um, I think it has resulted in a lot of good collaborations kind of being buried and you'll see collaborations, sneakers that maybe five years ago would have completely sold out immediately. They're sitting on shelves and it's a shame because I know that, you know, people worked hard on those designs, people, you know, poured their, you know, blood, sweat and tears into the project. And then to see it kind of sit on shelves and be underappreciated just speaks to what I would say is one of the bigger problems in the sneaker industry, which is that hype has just gotten too big. And it's, you know, hype meaning that you've got, you know, only one real mainstream taste where you go on Instagram and it's pretty predictable what sneakers you're going to see every weekend or every week when people have picked up their pairs because it's always the same shoes or it's always the shoes that were hyped beforehand. There's never really any like underrated kind of obscure pairs anymore. Um, but then also uh, to feed this hype machine and to stay on top, you've got brands who they need to one-up themselves, or at least they feel the need to one-up themselves. Um, and one big offender of this, in my opinion, is Nike. Um, and one example I mentioned in the article is the Fragment uh, Travis Nike Air Jordan 1, right? The highs and the lows. I mean, well, what genuine reason is there for Travis Fragment and Nike to do a three-way collab? Just like what, what genuine reason is there for Sakai and, uh, you know, Clot and Nike to do a collab on an existing sneaker, right? It's not like a new sneaker. It's not part of this bigger project. I mean, maybe it is part of a bigger project, but it just seems so, so like forced kind of like, oh, let's pick the most hype brand. Let's pick the most hype celebrity and let's pick the most hype silhouette and put them all together and see what happens. And you know, what's going to happen, right? People are going to line up for days. Raffles are going to be botted. People are going to be pissed off and salty that they didn't get a pair. Everyone's going to want one and they're going to resell for an incredible amount. And yeah, I think, I think that's like, I guess the, the crux of the issue uh, of what I'm trying to get at is that hype has kind of become too big for its own good and for the sneaker industry's good. And it's caused brands to kind of lose sight of like, what really is a collaboration? You know, uh, what should a collaboration be about? Is it important that it resells for a lot or is it important that it kind of speaks to a niche audience? And that's where I think some brands maybe do it more authentically and better than others. I mean, we've spoken about it in the past, right, Josh, about New Balance and their strategy and how they seem to be really authentically speaking to niche communities and subcultures through their partners, right? They'll pick their partners to speak to different types of sneakerheads and different types of people. Um and yeah, I mean, I just went on a little bit of a rant there, but that's basically what the article is about. Yeah, there's there's a lot of different parts of this article to kind of dissect, uh, and we'll kind of get into that now. 
but I mean, you, you gave it a really good summary there. Uh, a couple of things I wanted to kind of add. So you mentioned in the past, we used to see, you know, prestigious brands such as Stussy do collabs with Nike. And what I noticed from back then versus right now is that back then you would get a brand doing a collab with a big company like Nike, and then it would be pretty well spaced apart, like for the next collab between these two brands. Like, you know, we've seen, we saw Stussy drop those Stussy dunks, I think in like 2005, then like a few years passed until the next collab sometimes. And sometimes we see like much longer gaps, like five years, six year gaps between the first drop and the second drop between these two brands combining together. Whereas now it's almost like a monthly thing, you know, like the, the, that time gap has narrowed from like years between collabs to months. And like you gave the example, of course, of Off-White, you know, like, like the first, the 10 dropped in 2017. Since then, we've had over 50 Off-White collabs, actually much more than that. If, if you, if you want to count the 50 dunks that are about to release this summer. Um, and these, these collabs drop every month. We're getting a new Off-White sneaker every month. Also, you know, something as amazing as I thought the Sakai collab from 2019, the first time it dropped, uh, Nike has over the last couple of years now done, I think, four or five Sakai collabs just in two years. That's, that's way too much, in my opinion. Like five collabs in two years between the same brands. So the, just the value, I think, of the collabs are starting to die down. We've seen consumers was pretty smart about this too. Like the most recent Sakai collab, those Blazer Lows, they're going for retail. They're going for retail. They even sat at some stores, you know? And yeah. it's it's pretty crazy to think that Sakai is already sitting just like a year after, or a year and a half after the original drop. Um, yeah, like the, the expiry date of these, like of the coolness of these or these the freshness of these collabs is getting shorter and shorter. And I think that's a really good, uh, really good point that, you know, um, I didn't touch on in the article that you just brought up. Like, look at Supreme and Nike, right? In the early days, they collabed every couple of years, maybe once a year max. Then it quickly became every season. Mm -hmm. And I think in 2017 or 2018, it was twice a season. Mm -hmm. So they literally, in like three years, they quadrupled the amount of Nike Supreme sneakers that they were dropping. And the result was that a lot of these sneakers were then, you know, either not selling out immediately or not reselling for a lot. And I know that how much a sneaker resells for is not always the uh, the best marker for how popular and how good it is, right? Um, and sometimes it's even a marker for if, if the resell is low for it being a good collab because it means that they just kind of did what they wanted to do and stayed in their lane, which Supreme definitely does with Nike. But it just shows like every single season, they drop two pairs of Supreme Nike shoes and it it just becomes boring and too much. It's not special anymore. And that's the whole thing that I was trying to get at. It's not special anymore when they're doing so many Sakai Nike drops, when they're doing so many uh, Nike Supreme drops. Yeah. And, and you mentioned in the article that the biggest uh, brand to kind of uh, misuse this whole collab, uh, collab model is obviously Nike. And you used the term unsustainable hype machine in, in your article. And I thought that was really, really great and really well, uh, well thought of like that particular phrase, because that's essentially what Nike has created here. They've dug themselves, I think, into a hole. And 
so what they do is they give us collab after collab after collab in very short periods of time, short time gaps between these collabs. And it seems like the only way they can sustain the hype of their sneakers is to just give us something crazier, something more crazy, something basically like it's, it's, they've created this kind of unsustainable model. So right now, like you already mentioned, they put the hottest rapper on the hottest model with the hottest Japanese brand. And now we got the fragments, right? People are going to line up. People are going to go crazy. They're going to be salty. But what's Nike going to do? I guarantee you a couple of months from now, we're going to get the next fragment and um, Jordan. We're going to get the next fragment and Travis collab, basically another colorway, you know, or another model. It, 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 they might make it into a whole series and drop it every like two months, you know, like like that's essentially what they're doing. And when when that when that collab starts to, you know, fade out a little bit and people start to lose interest. What's Nike going to do? Nike is going to be like, all right, all right, let's take Virgil and Travis. Let's put them together and let's do a massive, crazy collab. And then let's create 50 more of those every every other month. You know, like that's basically what they've done here. Like the only way they can do it is just keep one upping themselves. And it seems like, you know, the customers, they've kind of caught on to this, you know, like the like we've seen um, interest in these collabs definitely die down. They're sitting on shelves uh, at least. I'm not going to say the whole sneaker industry is has um, misused the collab. I'm going to specifically blame Nike here because I feel like they've kind of they've really kind of uh, misused it. And, and we're, we're seeing it. We're seeing the value of their collabs, for me, at least, definitely take a hit. I would say uh, I was, it's funny because I was going to jump in there and say, like, it, that doesn't mean that Nike is the only one doing it. Right. So I, I'd say I agree with you. I think Nike is probably the biggest offender maybe also just because they're the biggest brand. And so they, mm-hmm. they have to kind of, or they feel they have to just keep one upping themselves. Right. Because really Nike's just trying to beat themselves. They're not trying to beat others. They're trying to make a bigger, better collaboration every single time compared to their last collaboration. But um, you know, like the Nike, uh, sorry, the Adidas A to ZX, for example, I mean, I get it. And it was a really, really cool project with some cool, uh, collaborations you know dead hype from berlin high snobiety uh you know crusty uh was like the simpsons or whatever um some really cool stuff but like it was 26 collaborations over you know just over a year like it's too much man like a lot of those ended up just sitting there and a lot of them like i wish they were given more time to breathe and more time to be their own thing because so many of those ideas were cool and it, for me, it was just overkill, you know, and and that's funny because overkill actually did one, um, and it was it was a really and it was a really cool colorway as well. But I think a lot of these projects, like their brands, are just trying to be bigger and bigger and bigger, and they're having these great ideas. None of these ideas are bad, and none of these silhouettes are bad, and the colorways aren't bad either most of the time. But it's just the fact that they're not giving these shoes these products these stories these projects time to kind of breathe and giving them the kind of budget marketing budget and love that they deserve because by the time they've announced it they're already announcing the next one and the next one and the next one and then you've already forgotten the first one they announced and and then you know that's why it doesn't sell out because people are then focused onto the next thing and i guess we as consumers have very very short attention spans but I think, yeah, a lot of it has to do with just giving products and projects time to breathe. And I keep coming back to New Balance uh, when it comes to collaborations, but they don't, you know, they don't have, 
they have a lot of collaborations, but they're not cranking them out on the same level as Adidas or Nike, right? There, mm-hmm. there's space in between them. There's a coherent kind of timeline, you know, the 992s, and then you've got a 991, you've got a couple 327s. And, you know, sometimes, yes, it does get a little bit much, but it there's a there's time to breathe in between them. So like, if you're someone who only buys new balances, I don't think you were overwhelmed, but if you're someone who buys only Nikes, pretty sure you were probably overwhelmed. New balance so far, at least I agree with you. They've, they've done a pretty good job. They've done a really good job with coming up with a very authentic and uh, yeah, like each of their stories, each of their collapse have a certain story to them and they feel fresh and the ideas are fresh. I like them. They seem to, they're starting to kind of, you know, make some of the Nike mistakes, let's call them. Like we saw the Casablanca 327s, they dropped last year. Was it last year, the original? Yeah, it was last year, the original. Yeah, it's been like a year and a half. So it was like oh, early 2020. Yeah, yeah and, now, and now since then, they've already dropped two other colorways of the Casablanca. So there was a, that oh. group four or was it four? Oh yeah, yeah so yeah, it was right, it right, was right. it was the it was the first ones which were the white and orange and white and green white ones and green then it was the all white ones mm-hmm. with a different colored n and then you had two pairs of like the monogram pattern correct so yeah. it's been it's been four total with i think probably some more coming up as well i think there's been some yeah. rumors or something so yeah so so, I, so you can see new balance starting to kind of do that so so already now with casablanca we have on the 327 five colorways in less than two years uh we just saw this weekend the second colorway between salehi bembury and new balance drop and that was like a very short time gap too between the colorways so we're starting to see New Balance maybe, you know, start to fall into this trap of hype. So I'm hoping they kind of stop themselves and, you know, go back to being, you know, that kind of like that underdog company that's, that's you know, very much have has a really good collabing strategy. So I'm hoping they're not taking lessons from Nike. I think, yeah, that's that's a good point that it it's, there's a fine line, right? So like you said, the Casablanca one, a little bit too much in one direction. Joe Fresh Goods, on the other hand, they got the 992 last year and they've got the 990 V3 this year. I think that's okay, right? Once a year, different silhouette or Bodega, for example, they had the, um, uh, I mean, they had the 990 V3 as well, but before that they had, I forget what the model's called. It's 997s, like one of the, I think. 997S or something like yeah, that, right? right like right. The, the, the sport version, uh, the more modern one. So they had three, I think three or four colorways of that. I think it was three. Three. Um, yeah. And, and so that was three spread over two years, two and a half, three years. I think that's fine, you know, because it's, a, again, a coherent story. And it's not like all three colorways dropped one time and then they had another two colorways and another two colorways like you have with, the, you know, the off-white Nike sometimes. But you're right. There's a fine line. And, uh, and on the other side of that line, actually, which is another point in the article, and I don't know if you were going to bring this up, but a lot of brands have now gone in-house, right? So uh, Reebok has brought um, Kirby um, in-house to, uh, from Pyre Moss to, or Pierre Moss to um, you know, revamp their whole creative direction. You've got Jer- Jerry Lorenzo at Adidas Basketball. You've got Teddy Santis from Aim Leon Door um, at uh, New Balance Made in USA. So uh, Kiko Kostadinov at ASICS, which is one of the first ones to be announced, I think. And 
That's another strategy, which is quite interesting. I don't know how you feel about that, like bringing the collaborator in-house and giving them kind of more power and more access to resources. Yeah, I think so. Like uh, some of these collaborators are just really, you know, creative geniuses, you know, like having a guy like Teddy Santis, I think, you know, as the creative director of New Balance Made in America. Now that means even the GR uh, 990s or whatever, they're, they're going to have some of his influence to it. And I think that's great. I, I mean, Adidas has, they've had the strategy for a while. I mean, they brought Yeezy in-house, right? And they've, and that's their biggest thing that they have going, right? Like that was a genius move on their part. Um, yeah, but, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's a great, I think that's a great idea. And, and if we see, if we, if we start to see that more then I guess there's going to be less of these collabs coming because these creative directors just work for the brands themselves. So yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll see kind of where that goes, but speaking of collabs, um, we had some big news this week some big, oh, yeah. big news about a collab dropping. So this is looking like it's going to be a Air Force One collab on, no, sorry, a Louis Vuitton and collab on the collabing. Ugh, why am I losing my train of thought here? The, it, it, it's just such a crazy collab that, I, that I'm just losing my speech. But yeah, the Louis Vuitton, Nike Air Force One, there's a lot of different colorways that have been leaked. I've lost count. I think there's more than 10 of them. We don't so, know what the official number is. I read I read that there's a hundred colorways. Um wait, what? A <laughs> hundred? I don't know if I don't know if that's true, but um Ivan Jasper, you know the you know Ivan, right? The um he's uh I think he also does Virgil's hair, but he he used to be or started out as Kanye West's um personal hairdresser or barber. Wait, he does Virgil's hair. Well is it yeah, Virgil like maybe, bald? Okay. Well, <laughs> Yeah, I guess maybe, maybe he used to, I don't know, but he definitely, he definitely did or does Kanye's hair and, and, you know, he's got his own projects going as well. Um, But he, he started out as, as Kanye's barber and he's, I think he's from Chicago as well. And he posted or commented something like 100 colorways and posted a picture of the Louis Vuitton Air Force One. So I'm pretty sure that that's going to be the case which makes it even more nuts, right? That like, we were just talking about oversaturation and like too much. And like, how, like how crazy is, you know, Virgil Abloh's the 50 with Nike. Now Virgil Abloh's Louis Vuitton is doing the 100 <laughs> with Nike, you know? Um, absolutely, absolutely nuts. Uh, let's, let's start with like, what do you think about the actual shoes, like the colorways, the the designs? What's your opinion on those? I actually really, really like them. So I think it's probably one of the best uh, collabs we've seen between a luxury brand and a general footwear manufacturer uh, probably ever, I would say. Like in the past, we've seen Adidas try to do it like on the Superstar with Prada. They made these superstars and they're just such a boring collab. I mean, it was just a superstar with the word Prada written on it. Uh, even the Dior Jordan 1s that dropped last year, I was very underwhelmed by that collab. I was expecting a, when you hear Dior and Jordan, you know, you, you're expecting something much more than what that final product was. Uh, so I thought that collab was disappointing too. And then these though, like these, these go hard. Like, come on, there's so many dope colorways um i know a lot of them kind of look like bootlegs you know like uh like like 
we've seen this is not something new like we've, we've definitely seen air force one customs in the past that have like louis vuitton the monogram all over it uh, a lot of like cu- sneaker customizers have been doing this for years which is funny because like nike just got uh, a trademark on the jordan one right but mm-hmm. uh to, to stop bootlegging on the jordan one but it looks like nike is like kind of bootlegging the bootleggers here right so that's that's kind of what's what's happening but uh like either way like i think some of those colorways i thought were amazing i really love the brown one just the classic brown uh like the light brown and the like the tan uh which kind of just looks like they took a louis vuitton handbag and like made a shoe out of it i think that looks super super hard um also just like the general two-tone colorways like there was this yellow one which i thought was super nice even the all-white one you know just the all-white with the Louis Vuitton monogram and the big swoosh, like this, this collab is super hard. Like I, I know, I know there's gonna be if there's gonna be a hundred colorways, I'm I'm personally like quite upset about that because we just talked about how there's just way too much going on, way too much sneaker collapse. And if there's really a hundred, man, that that definitely kills the collab a little bit for me. But as as far as just the looks, I really like them. What do you think? So funny because you you mentioned that they look like bootlegs. I actually wrote an article on Friday about how they are not, they're not a collab. They're a bootleg, right? Like unofficially, but officially they're a collab because that's exactly what they are. And I think like if I'm reading into Virgil's work correctly, I think it's kind of a shout out to bootleg culture. And like, because again, bootleg culture is is streetwear you know is at the core of streetwear and it's sneakers uh and i think he's legitimizing that and and kind of it's an homage to those creators and those independent kind of customizers and bootleggers that came before him like dapper dan um warren lodas of course was a big one uh the last couple years um ari um in new york um but i (laughs) In terms of whether I like them or not, I would have to say I like them. I, I think there's some colorways that are really, really nice because I like the off-white Nike Air Force One. Mm-hmm. Where I'm where I'm disappointed is that these are basically an off-white Air Force One with Louis Vuitton branding. You know what I mean? Right. Like they've got the same tag on the swoosh, they've got the same sideways tag on the tongue they've got the same kind of deconstructed look they've got um it 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 just seems to me they've got the same text underneath the swoosh you know um so it seems to me like virgil has literally just taken his nike uh his off-white nike air force one design and then slapped a monogram all over it or slapped the louis vuitton materials on it or something like that so i think I would have wished that it was a little bit different because for me, it just seems like they've just slapped a third brand on top of a two-way collaboration already. So that disappoints me a little bit, but there are, of course, that being said, there are some colorways that I would love to wear. Like the, I love the green and white ones. Uh, the yellow and white ones look really cool. The all white ones that you were talking about, I think those can be customized. So like they're a low and then there's an insert and you can make it a mid. Mm-hmm. And then you can take it out, which I think is really cool because that also speaks to kind of like deconstruction and customizing and like making it your own. Um, yeah, I would say overall, definitely kind of very attention grabbing. 
Um, if the, if there are a hundred a uh, hundred colorways, then I'm 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 wondering how they will drop them as well, and how many of each there will be. You know, if it's what like you know, if there's only twenty or thirty pairs of each. Um, that I mean, yeah, definitely, definitely a game changer though, and yeah. I I was wondering if like just looking at it, is it really just a Louis Vuitton and Nike collab? Because like you mentioned, they do kind of really look like the off white. Uh, Air Force Ones, and there's even you know like the quotations uh, and and the the same side tags. So I'm wondering if it's actually like a triple collab with Off White. I don't think so. I mean, I don't know for sure, um, but I I doubt it. I think it's literally just because it's Virgil involved, and obviously Virgil is involved with both Louis Vuitton and Off White, um, mm-hmm. having founded the the latter and is creative director of the former. But um, no, I, I think it's definitely just Louis Vuitton Nike, but because that's like his aesthetic, he's kind of applied that. That's why I'm a little disappointed that he's just applied the same aesthetic to that instead of coming at it with a fresh kind of look. Like, I think it would have been even better if all the colorways were the same, all the materials, everything, but the writing underneath a swoosh was gone. The little tag on the swoosh is gone and it just looks more like a Louis Vuitton Nike collab and not like a louis vuitton custom on top of a off-white nike air force one but hey maybe that's the point maybe it's supposed to look like a bootleg on top of a collaboration yeah maybe that is the point but i do agree with you they look very much like uh, some off-white sneakers there are some very out there colorways though i don't know if you saw that that brown one that had like pictures of like goblins on it like not (laughs) some some of them had like these cartoon goblin pictures on them and some other like weird monsters it was kind of like cartoony looking. Uh, so I don't know where that inspiration came from, but yeah, there's, there's, and some of them definitely also kind of look like Bapestas, like some of those rather crazy uh, metallic ones. They reminded me of some Bapestas. So um, yeah, I mean, overall, I thought it was pretty interesting, but like, yeah, let's see if we actually, what do you think retail is going to be on these? Oh man. Honestly, my, my wallet doesn't want to know. Um, but I think. You think over a thousand? <sighs> Yeah, I could I could see them being over a thousand because like regular Louis Vuitton sh- sneakers are probably what like they start at like six seven hundred euros or mm-hmm, something like that. Mm-hmm. I could yeah for sure unless Nike kind of drives the price down. But considering it looks like they use the same materials that uh, Virgil has used on jackets, handbags, and uh, you know other accessories in his Louis Vuitton range, so it's obviously. Louis Vuitton quality and materials, I can see it being Louis Vuitton price as well. I mean, look at look at how expensive the Dior uh, Air Jordans were, right? So yeah, the, well, those were the retail was less than two thousand. I think I think it was like eighteen hundred or seventeen hundred. No, no, I'm pretty sure wasn't it two thousand euros and two thousand two hundred dollars or something like that. Oh, okay, all right, that's that that's definitely pretty high. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know, I don't know how Virgil has time for all this. He just seems like the world's busiest guy i mean this guy is like creative director louis vuitton like still the i don't know ceo i guess of off-white and like if you if you look at his instagram like it it seems like literally every night he's djing in some city around the world like how does this guy have time like this like it's it's crazy to me i think it's just a a lot of uh delegation and creative directing you know like he's not he's not doing everything right he's 
he's directing a team of, of artists and telling them what he wants. And then they show him what they have. I assume, I mean, I don't want to act but, but, like but I know. Even, even that though, like that seems like something that would take up a lot of time just managing so many people too. So I mean, he, he's probably one of those like super successful people that sleeps like four hours a day, you know, or yeah, three probably. hours or something like that. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's insane. Yeah. But I mean, that's pretty much it for the news. Uh, let's quickly kind of get into upcoming drops it seems like i was looking through the upcoming drops pretty quiet i think for the next two weeks i just have two here that are worth talking about first is on uh the first of july we're going to be getting the worldwide release of the bodega 990 v3s it already Mm -hmm. released already released on the bodega website but the new balance website and i think some other retailers will be getting it as well on the first uh so I'm excited about that because I know it seems like this year is the year of the 990 V3. We yep. saw we saw already a Kith collab. We saw already a Joe Fresh Goods collab, uh, which was super colorful. Uh, but I think the Bodega one is probably, I think, the most wearable and maybe even the nicest, the cleanest one we've seen, the cleanest collab we've seen this year, I think, on the 990 and probably the one I want the most too. So I'm going to definitely be trying to go for that. And then also on July the 3rd, we will be seeing the Jordan 4 and the white Oreo colorway. Uh, that's a very, very, very clean colorway. It, it kind of looks quite similar to the white cement pair from a couple of years ago that a lot of people say is like the best Jordan 4 colorway of all time. Um, I like that one. This one is super clean too. A very, very clean colorway. White Jordan 4s can't go wrong. That's so. uh, It's almost too clean though. Like... Uh... It, it, I get, I get yeah. what you mean, though. Yeah, I, I was kind of thinking the same. I'm like, it's it's almost like it's almost too white in a in a way. There's some there's something. I feel like there's a tiny bit missing somewhere. Like they just forgot to like paint one thing. But yeah. um, I mean, it, you know, the Jordan Four is dope. Uh, one of the best ones, in my opinion. And uh, yeah, you. I don't think you can ever go wrong with an all white pair or a pre- predominantly white pair. So that's that's a decent one. I have a. Uh, is that you done with your upcoming that's it. drops? Yeah, that's it. So I actually, so I thought the same as you that it was relatively quiet. And then I had a quick look. And uh, so I found these actually, which are a bait. Uh, I don't know if you can see this on my it screen. It's like a superstar of some kind. No, no. So it's a, uh, it's called the Montreal. And um, it was a, it's like an, one of those like typical Adidas originals, um, like sneaker silhouettes. And it was released during the uh, Olympics um, in 1976. In Montreal. Exactly. And so Bait, uh, a retailer, has collabed with Adidas on these. And the inspiration is One Punch Man, which um, is like this anime. I'm hoping uh, that it's anime. It's like this cartoon uh, dude who like has a really, really strong punch and can like do crazy things with that. I don't watch anime, but I think it's a really, really dope colorway. It's kind of, it's got this yellowy orangey base with red stripes and then a really nice uh, white sole. Um, so that's coming out June 30th at bait. And then the Adidas 4D future craft is dropping in triple black on July 1st. And you know me, I love 4D. So uh, those are definitely on my radar. Not a huge fan of triple back sneakers. So I'll probably pass on these, but I just wanted to point that out to anyone who was looking for, you know, a triple black 4D pair that also looks nice. And then on July 2nd, there's also the uh, New Balance Tokyo Design Studio 574, which 
is this special edition 574, which is like the original dad shoe, right? But mm-hmm. it's got like this more elevated kind of formal take. So it's got like a, a like a rugged ridged outsole and uh, less branding. And it just looks like a kind of like a formal dress shoe, but it's a sneaker, which is really nice uh, for anyone who's, you know, got any weddings this summer, wedding season's coming up. So that drops July 2nd. And then the last one is uh, the New Balance 990 V1 returns on July 9th. So uh, I know the, the it's not my two, exactly the, the, the original, original model, the OG, and it's not it's not my favorite from the line. I know we agreed that the V3 is our favorite, but the uh, the V1 for anyone that wants it, obviously also a collector's item, is dropping on July 9th at uh, various retailers. In the gray colorway. In the classic New Balance gray colorway. Nice, nice, nice. I, I looked at that shoe. Yeah, I'm, I'm not, compared to the other 990s, probably my least favorite, I would say. Um, I'm not sure if it really aged well, but it's, yeah, it's it's, uh, it's for a collector, for sure, a collector's item. Yeah, I mean, it looks, it, it's very kind of 70s style, uh, or I guess 80s style uh, New Balance shoe. So it looks very much like the five. 100 series the 574 mm-hmm. um again not my favorite but you know it's it is a classic and maybe has some sentimental value to some collectors out there so if you're looking for uh, the 990 v1 that drops july 9th yeah and that's about it uh, another jam-packed episode a lot of sneaker news to get into and we hope you we hope we didn't collab you guys to death in this episode but uh, yeah, I mean, if you haven't already read it, we'll leave it in the show notes, the article, our sneaker, what our sneaker collabs are worth nowadays on High Snob. Uh, we'll leave that in the show notes. And thank you guys once again for listening. Uh, go Germany tomorrow. And uh, yeah, we'll see you guys next time. Peace. See you guys.